Klukov, out turn draw for the win. Final stone. Let's watch the sweepers. It looks good. As he swings it in. Never a doubt. Wow. The team ROC skip was clutch in nine, clutch in ten, and then one more time, clutch in the extra. Tough loss for Canada, falling now to five and three. Team ROC back to four and four. Yeah, so there's uh, three teams at four losses. Canada drops a three, and uh, they're going to need to win against Great Britain to uh, secure a spot. Beautiful draw by Glukov. He was a monster coming down the stretch. 9-10 and the extra. Carries his team to a win over Brad Kushu and Team Canada. Well, hello again, everybody. And welcome to Inside Curling's Daily Draw, presented by CoolBet for Tuesday, February 15th. This is where we bring you up to date on everything going on at the Beijing Games, and we will continue to do it right through to the final draw and the closing ceremonies. CoolBet is a proud sponsor of curling and, frankly, all things ice-related. The logo is a polar bear, after all. If you love sports, make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life inside the CoolBet community. So, uh, this is double podcast day, you guys. Uh, so we've got our, our daily one, of course, that we're, we do. The weekly show is coming out as well, including everything that's going on in Beijing with all the games. Warren gives us a rundown for that. Uh, you guys also touched on uh, during the weekly show about the doping scandal, what happened four years ago in curling, and it's rearing its ugly head again. I'm sure everyone knows by now what the 15-year-old skater, that she has been cleared, somehow cleared, to be able to skate again and compete with the rest of the Olympics. I didn't think that would happen. You guys also got into what about alternating the hammer for every end? So everyone has a shot. We got a, a, a good email uh, from uh, a guy who uh, talks about the ideal solution for that. Kev, you gave us a funny story about Ochar. That's on the show. And uh, EJ Harnden was our guest. He was lively, robust, had many things to say, including the format of the Briar. He's kind of a purist of the game and wants to see it stay the same. Warren, you give us a little wrap-up on all the provincial playdowns and what's happening with the Briar and who's going to be competing. So check it out. The weekly show, uh, a lot, a lot that we talked about there. And we appreciate you tuning in. So it's getting uh, tricky, boys. It's getting tricky here through the playdowns. Uh, it was the seventh day of action for the men and the women. Of course, we're talking about the four-person curling. Boy, when I look back at the cool bet odds, one of the options was you can make a bet that Canada will not get a medal in curling. I said, I would never bet against that. <laughs> we know what happened in the mixed doubles. Oh, man, man, oh, man, it's getting jammed up. So, Kevin, you're going to give us a couple draws that you saw in Warren. You're going to uh, weigh in on the one that you stayed up and watched. So let's start with you, Kevin, the couple of draws that you watched. Things are getting very, very interesting, to say the least. This is the 8 o'clock draw Eastern time from last night. Uh, on Sheet 8, we had ROC playing Norway, and uh, Norway was just way too strong, ended up 12-2, to two, so not worth talking about. Norway started with a 3 in the first, and then a steal of 4 in the fourth to really open that game right up. Canada playing China. China had hammer off the start, and uh, it was actually a game of deuces. China got one, but then Canada gets a deuce, China deuce, Canada deuce, China deuce, Canada deuce, so on, so on. 
and it was a close game right until the eighth end and Canada got three instead of two. That did it. Canada was able to hold on after that big three-ender in the eighth. On sheet C, this is the game I covered, was Switzerland against the USA. And it was a great game, actually, back and forth all the way until the eighth end again. Instead of a big three, it was actually a steal of one in the eighth for the U.S. And then another steal of one more in the ninth. And that put it away for a 7-4 win for the U.S. And the U.S. needed that badly to uh, keep their dreams alive. And then on sheet Delta, Sweden again against Denmark. But it was a bit of a wipeout. Three points in six and three points in eight for Nicodine. And uh, no problem there with an 8-3 victory. Lots of drama in the middle of the night game for uh, Eastern time. This game starts at 1 o'clock. Sheet A was China against ROC. And ROC won the game. Finally got got a win, 11-5 against the hosts. So that was a big win. And uh, Lena Kovaleva finally got rid of that goose egg. Sweden, uh, Denmark, not a good game at all. It was clo- It wasn't close. Nine three final. Sweden got two in the second, three in the third, and three again in the fifth. So ended up winning nine three. On sheet C, we had USA playing Switzerland, and I was doing the lizard thing, watching uh, the Great Britain Japan game and watching the USA Swiss game at the same time, and it was just a heck of a game. After eight, it looked like uh, Tabitha Peterson was going to win that one, but then. I had to go and do some stuff, and I'm watching, and three or four uh, and, uh, rocks in, in the ninth. I went, ooh, it's not looking good at all for the U.S. All the angles were looking bad and the whole thing. Switzerland gets a four-ender, for goodness sakes, in the ninth and ends up winning the game, pulling it out 9-6. So a bit of a disaster end for the U.S. I really thought they were going to win that one. And then uh, on sheet Delta, the game I covered, was Great Britain against Japan, and Great Britain, three in the first, three in the third, to take a 6-1 lead, and never looked back, 10-4 final, and Great Britain winning that one, moving them closer to the finish line, and bringing Japan down with them. So, I'll tell you what, you guys, right now, on the women's side, it's a mishmash. It's There's still seven teams, Jimmy. Seven teams out of ten are still in it. This late, it's it's absolutely amazing with how many with three losses. I don't I don't know half a dozen or something. Just tons of teams with a chance. How did they break the ties again, Kev? In this round robin, if you got seven, gotta almost always be a tie here, right? Well, you never know, but um, there's no tiebreakers anymore, so it goes head to head first, uh, depending on how many are tied. Gotcha. And then it could be a group head to head, and then draw shot challenge the, the draws before the game. It could easily come down to that. And uh, wouldn't that be a shame if a team gets tied in the Olympic Games and you fly home because of your pregame draws? But oh, yeah. hey, that's the way the rules are, and uh, it could be interesting. And Canada is, is, is no lock for the draw shot to the button. They're not perfect. Yeah, they're way down the list, actually, Jimmy. Yes, so fingers crossed. Talk about parity. Seven teams, Kev, that are right you know, on, the, on the bubble here. Warren, yeah, you got up early. I think probably four o'clock and watch the final draw. Bring us up to speed there, my friend. The game between ROC and Canada was all a focus. And I guess going in, we would have probably assumed that Brad Gushu would probably come up with a win. But it was a tough day for Canada. After four ends, ROC was leading three to one. In the fifth, ROC hogs a guard or Canada is in some big trouble. 
Gusha, however, hits his own at the top of the forefoot, rolls for a single, the score now 3-2 ROC. In the sixth, ROC hits and stays for a single, back again 4-2 ROC. In the seventh, Gushu tries a run-through double with his first, misses, but gets a bad break and leaves ROC sitting two. Glukov puts up a guard. Gushu tries to come around and tap on a shot in the forefoot. Makes it for one. It's now 4-3 ROC. In the eighth, Glukov is playing a hit for one. Hits and rolls. Gets a little unfortunate. Uh, something strange happened there. It's the way that rock rolled. It just kept rolling. And Canada steals one. The score is now 4-4. In the ninth, Kenneth sits one in the forefoot, pretty much covered. Glukov tries a difficult angle raise for a possible two. This was the shot of the game, quite frankly. Makes just a fabulous shot, picks up the two to go in front, six to four, playing the last. In the tenth, Gushu with a great raise takeout is left sitting three. Again, Glukov comes through a narrow port, makes a double through the port, leaves Canada sitting one. Gushu is left with a draw for two, but it's not easy because he has to come from the outside through again a port, not that narrow, but it's still there. Makes it, ties the game, 6-6, extra end. In the 11th, Glukov is left with one shot. He's got to draw the button, and he pretty much does it. Full forefoot, touches the button, he wins 7-6, Canada is lose, loses to ROC. Another game with a lot of interest in that draw between the two front runners, Sweden and Great Britain. Mollet came to play today, up 4-1 after the fourth end. In the fifth, Eden tries a difficult raise for two, almost gives up one, but gets a little fortunate and scores a single. It's now 4-2, Great Britain. In the sixth, Mawat draws forefoot, looking at two Swedish counters, puts it on the lid, 5-2, Britain. In the seventh, Eden tries to draw full four from outside, looking at four Great Britain counters, makes it, score now, 5-3, Britain. In the eighth, Mawat plays a tap back for possible two. Great sweeping by Bobby Lamy. He just gets it by the guard, barely. Holds the line, raises for the two, 7-3 Great Britain going into the ninth. Sweden picks up two in the ninth, however, to make it 7-5 Great Britain going home. Sweden scores another single in tenth, but Great Britain still wins 7-6. Another game of concern, Italy versus USA. Again, we would have thought that probably USA would have taken that game, but again, after five ends, Italy is ahead 5-3. U.S. takes a single in the sixth for 5-4 Italy. In the seventh, Italy hits and stays for one lucky two USA counters. Now six to four, Italy. In the eighth, the U.S. tries a difficult double for a possible two. Shot that I, I, I thought it was a bad call. But anyway, he wrecked on the front. Didn't matter. Italy steals four. Ten to four, Italy. Game over. One other game in the ice. It really didn't matter. China defeats Norway seven to four. So if we take a look at some of the shooting percentages of note in the last three draws. Let's go back to the men's draw number nine. Game between Sweden and Denmark. Nick Adin has, has been rolling, but he didn't continue it today. He shot 93% in that game. As a team, they were 87. The game between Canada and China. Brad Gushu had a great game. He was at 90%. The team was at 87. In the women's draw number nine, ROC is a team. They came to play that one. They were at 89%. As Kevin and I have said before, that team has, is a lot better than what their record has shown. Sweden is a team, Hasselberg's team, 91, Hasselberg herself, 91, in the game against Denmark. This morning, again, Mawat, the buzzsaw keeps going, 93%, the team, 90. The game between Canada and Russia. Interesting enough, both the skips played poorly. Gushu was at 74%, Glukov at 75%, and I think, as a few people have said, not a great game, but very entertaining. So after 
This morning's draw, here are the standings as we sit at the moment on the women's side. In first place at 6-1, and one, Switzerland. Second, Sweden at 5-2. and two. Three teams are tied with four and three records. Great Britain, Japan, United States. Then comes Canada at 3-3 three and three along with Korea. China at 2-5 and five with Denmark and ROC is 1-6. and six. So Canada still has lots of work to do here. Hard to say exactly how this will all shake down, but certainly... Jennifer Jones and her team have to come up with a, a win again today to keep her, keep them in contention. On the men's side, probably just as crazy. In first place in qualified, Sweden at 7-1. In second place, also qualified, Great Britain at 6-1. Then sits Canada's Brad Gushu. He's at 5-3. At 4-4, four four, USA, ROC. 3-4, Switzerland. Norway, China, 3-5. Italy, 2-5. Denmark, one and six. Kevin, this men's side is a little clearer than the women's. How do you see the men's side sitting right now? The way I see it is with uh, Bruce Mowat playing so well, they play against the ROC. So I kind of think Great Britain will win that game. That'll take ROC down to five losses. Canada plays Great Britain. Either way, Canada could lose that game, but that'll be the worst case scenario for Canada would be four losses. Now, if you look at the U.S., They've got four losses, but they play Denmark, and they should be able to beat Denmark. So that should be four losses. You got Nicodine at seven and one right now. Great Britain six and one right now. Canada worst case four losses. I'm saying the ROC will lose that game and drop to five losses. The other uh, team in the mix is Switzerland at three and four. They play China, who they should be able to handle, but then they play Nicodine. If Switzerland loses that game, then you've got it just clean at Sweden, Great Britain. Canada, USA, and that's it. No tie, no tie breaks, no ties. So that's the way I see it, Warren. But Switzerland's still in the mix. Sweden, if uh, Nicodine plays the way he can, they should be able to knock Swiss off, but Swiss are good. So we'll see what happens. If Swiss were to win against China and Sweden, then you do have one tie, and then it comes down to, depending on which tie it is, do we go to the draw shot challenge or not? Because Canada is in sixth spot in the draw shot challenge. Switzerland is the number two spot, U.S. in eight. So if it comes down to it, the U.S. would be the one that gets popped out of there if uh, it goes to the draw shot challenge, not Canada. I'll tell you what, I've been trying to follow along here, Kevin, and it's not surprising that I failed calculus in high school, and I can't, and so I needed calculus here to figure out all this, all these combos and permutations. So there's always drama. There's lots of it here. Five losses then, Kev. Uh, you're, you're toast. If you're if you're at five losses in on the men's side, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you got Sweden and uh, GB, Great Britain and Canada. They cannot do worse than four. So those three are fine. But ROC plays Great Britain. Okay. Great Britain could win that game quite easy. That would knock ROC down. USA plays Denmark. Denmark could win that game. That puts USA down. And Switzerland could certainly lose to Nicodine. Now it put them down. So then all the fives are back in. And then, well, we'll visit that later. It would be a monster tie. It could be up to six teams tied. So then and then is a nightmare. I'd love to see that. But anyway, Jim, five is definitely still in the mix, no question. I thought so. What did I say? Five losses, <laughs> five losses, four wins. Just a couple days left here uh, before the round robin. And good luck to the women. Uh, let's someone do this. Someone get in the playoffs for Canada, hopefully. So all week in the Daily Show. Not only do you do a rap, but you've been doing cool bet picks. And uh, I've been sort of watching. I, pu I pulled out, like I said, because I was 
lousy. Okay, and no good. Kevin, I think you're slightly. I think you're slightly ahead of Warren. Kevin, how did you guys do yesterday with all these games? I keep picking ROC. I keep expecting them to win. And uh, this is in the men's draw number nine. They didn't. Norway won. Wrong. Canada, China. I had Canada. Switzerland, USA. I had the Swiss. Wrong. Sweden, Denmark. I did get that. So two and two on the men's. Women's draw. I did a little bit better. ROC. I did pick to win their first game against China. Got it. Uh, Sweden over Denmark, got it. USA, Switzerland, I picked Switzerland. It didn't look good until the four-ender in the ninth. And then I picked Japan to beat Great Britain, wrong. So three for four, not bad. The men's draw, I picked uh, Great Britain to beat Sweden. Who won that game, guys? I was sleeping this morning. Great Britain. (laughs) So Great Britain won. I had USA over Italy, wrong. Norway over China, did that happen? No, Norway lost that game. So I was wrong. And Canada over ROC, wrong. So I batted 500. I'm coming back in. Okay, I'm coming back in. People want to hear from me now. You guys are you guys are collapsing here. It was a crazy day. Well, that's the that's the worst you've done. Yep, it is. Okay, uh Warren, your chance to pick up some steam against Kevin here. How'd you do? Well, Started out pretty good. I picked uh, Norway over ROC. I picked Canada over China. I picked Switzerland over USA and Sweden over Denmark. On the women's draw, I picked ROC over China. Yes. Sweden over Denmark. Yes. Switzerland over USA. Yes. Great Britain over Japan. No. Three and one. However, the tenth draw is not a good one. I picked Sweden over Britain. No. I picked USA over Italy. No. I picked Norway over China. No. And I picked <laughs> Canada over ROC. No. Oh, no. Hansen over. Oh over in the last draw. Oh, no. Oh, that was a strange draw. So I'm six and six. Was was going really good until this morning. I shouldn't have got up. So both of you, both of you at 500. Uh, yeah. Uh, as fun as this is, as fun as this is, it's, it's you know, as you get deeper right into uh, Kevin, into round robins, uh, you know, teams who are supposed to win don't and, and, and teams are, uh, aren't supposed to win do, you know, so. I think that's what happens. You've got some of those teams that are, that are right there that haven't done well, like Italy and, uh, and China, who, who's also played fairly well from time to time. And they, all of a sudden they're playing one of these front runners and they, come up with a win maybe the front runner doesn't have to win i mean the last draw the only game that you could say could go either way if you looked at it would have been sweden and great britain flip a coin right but the other three should have been pretty decisive but nah. <laughs> and Nick, nicodinkev just keeps rolling right he, he's sort of like okay here's what i get it's, it's not the first time you hear nicodine go into a round robin it's like and nicodine is perfect at four and oh five and oh six and oh you know and then and then someone goes well they finally lost you know it's like only because they could only because they were allowed to lose, you know. Uh, you've heard a lot of talk uh, over the last several weeks and uh, leading up to the games in Beijing about the draw shot challenge. And uh, it's not just, you know, to see who gets hammer in the first end. It also can mean who gets into the playoffs with this thing. And uh, some people like it. Uh, others don't when they hear, oh, wait, wait a minute, what? What does that mean? Every every game they do this and you you got to rack it up to see if you get into a tie with other teams. So explain it all to us, Kevin, exactly what the draw shot challenge is and uh, do you agree with it or not? 
Yeah, well, the draw to the button. We that was started a long, long time ago. A draw to the button to get hammer or not. That uh, that's been going on for a long, long time. It used to be just one draw. The problem is teams are getting better, players are getting better, so the button gets hit a lot. And so they decide instead of doing just one draw to the button, now there's two. One clockwise throw, one counterclockwise throw. You can't say in turn or out turn because some people throw right-handed or left. So clockwise, counterclockwise throw. The total distance from the button, and it's triangulated. So just covering the, the nail, covering the pin, isn't good enough. It's the center of the stone covering the pin. So it's all through triangulation. So there's always a measurement. Do you know what I mean by that, Jimmy? I, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, but I'm wondering if you cover the pin, how do you? How do they measure it? What sort of tool? Triangulation. So they go from the edge of the forefoot, measuring uh, to the distance of the of the rock, and then there's a mathematical formula to figure out how far the center of the rock is away from the pin. Okay. Okay. So that that's uh, how the distance is figured, and then you total that up over the entire event, and gives you gives you a total distance. So. I think it's fair. Interesting. So, Kev, you're, 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 everyone kind of agrees with the draw shot to see who gets the hammer. Are you in favor of this triangulation and, and totaling up your total distance over the, over the course of the spiel to, to uh, determine how, how your playoff position is going to be? Yeah, I understand the thinking uh, behind no tie breaks. That's the only question, I think. To get last rock, it makes sense. I think, you know, for standings and all that kind of stuff, it makes sense. To lose out of an Olympic Games because of draw shot challenge, that's a hard one for an athlete to accept. You've got the same record, but because of who knows what, you know, something, you might have been on a draw where the ice was more difficult. You might have had to draw the draw after they resand the rocks, and another team didn't have to draw after they resand. They could have waited a couple of draws right. for the rocks to settle in, and, and you lose by three centimeters, and you're flying home. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's a hard one to stomach. So that that hard that's that's hard, and I hear that from curlers quite a bit. Losing out of an event because of the draw shot challenges, it's not really um, accepted by the players yet. But it is the rules, and it's, right. it's the way it is. But do I agree with it? Not really. Not for something as big as the Olympic Games. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. You know, if it, it, let's go to those tiebreakers. Tiebreakers create a, a huge issue. It's a long story. They're, they're but exciting or it, it, it's a know? challenge because you've got to book out a whole day, and all of a sudden there's no tiebreakers, and you got in the middle of the event, you got you now got this day that's wide open, nothing happening. The event loses momentum. It's a it's a problem. We need to look at evolution. So if we go back in time, how do you determine last rock in the first hand? You flip the coin. And of course, back in my day, nobody ever wanted to flip the coin. And there was always, how do you do this? You always call tails it's because it was important, but it isn't, wasn't as important as it is now. And then in the, in the 80s, somebody got the bright idea that the round robin of the briar, everybody played an equal number of games. We will assign the, uh, the last rock. So what happened in the round robin there for a number of years, you got the last rock assigned to you equal number of times. And your record in the round robin determined... Uh, your, your last rock situation in playoffs. And then we evolved to the point of this draw shot challenge thing later, I think, Kevin, probably in the 90s, early 2000s, that that all started to take place. And initially, it was just a single draw. And then it started with the two the two draws. And just to so everyone's clear, right now, the world rules on this, you throw one in turn, one out turn. A lot of discussion about that as well because this is now how the teams practice. They throw throw that shot, and so they're using the two areas of the ice going into the forefoot in practice more than other parts of the ice. So that's a concern. Also, 
Canada, apparently the players have uh, put forward a concern that the second practice team has more of an advantage because they're able to watch the the first practice team throw the shots. So now what they're talking about doing, apparently what I've been told, is they're going to change it and one team will throw two interns and the other team will throw two outturns, which again is going to go against what's happening at the world level. So I think this whole thing needs a lot of uh, discussion and I think taking a look at the importance of it. The importance of Last Rock in the first and two has become so huge that um, whoever wins this draw shot challenge, if those two teams are close, could pretty much be in a, in, en route to win the game. And I go back again to the, the Jacobs-Gushu game and the uh, trials. So how this all is dealt with, I think, going forward, maybe the suggestion we had a couple of days ago on, on our show about uh, changing the last rock uh, every end, you alternate but I thought maybe even more so is you get last rock in the fourth and the first or the sixth, and when you're throwing that draw shot challenge, that's what you're determining. You will have pick of first or sixth. You know, it's it's in it's in other ties. Nobody gets that kind of advantage by being able to go first or second. And I, I think it's something that has to have a, have a hard look taken at it as we move forward here. And the other thing, if that draw shot challenge is going to be as important as it is, I think it needs to be part of the of the actual telecast of the game as well. Right. And uh, somehow it has to be set up so that that can be the first thing you see is uh, the draw of the button and who won it because it's so, so important. Yeah, I, I, I was just going to say, I agree, you know, if they come on and go, by the way, you didn't see this, but uh, Switzerland is uh, 8.14 inches, their total distance to the button. Uh, so we'll see how that holds up over, and you're like, what? What, what, what the hell does that mean, you know? You know, hockey has it right. When, when Remember you guys when they announced that they were going to do a shootout to break ties and everybody freaked out. They freaked out when going, that's the worst way ever ever to end a game. What are you doing, right? And now it's acceptable because, like you said, Warren, they got to end these games, right? They can't, they, they can't have them going too long. But they don't do it for the big games, for playoffs. They get rid of it. So, you know, uh, they, they've, they've got it right, I think. So interesting, interesting stuff. So also, uh, unfortunately, uh, during the curling here at the, at the games, there's, there was a lot of trouble here with the, with the rocks and the handles. People having to call technical timeouts, not once, twice, three, but but way more than that. And we were talking yesterday going, what are they going to do? Uh, Warren, you've got an update on that. Yes, did a little investigating to find out what is the story on those rock handles? Where did they come from? Now, we would have probably assumed they were made in China and they were new. No, <laughs> they're made in Canada, a new manufacturer. They were never used before the Olympics. They were never tested before the Olympics. So new manufacturer, those handles going into the Olympics, cold, so to speak. The old handles are made of stainless steel. Apparently, it's hard to tell what these are made of, but it's not stainless steel. And it's kind of interesting why you would take the Olympic Games used as a test event for these handles. And it's an interesting thing about the hog line and rules. In my opinion, there's three rules in curling that matter, and they must be abided by. Hog line rule, burned rock rule, move stationary stone rule. And those are the three that there's no options for. And I think now playing the Olympic Games for the final half of it with... No, no uh, electronic handles in the hog line. And many people say, well, it doesn't matter. Well, well, it does matter. And I think if I was a player who never come close to violating that line, that's also to protect me. Nobody can say that you fouled the line when the light didn't go on. And uh, I think it's just, uh, it's unfortunate. But uh, here we go. Okay, very good. The producer's yelling at me. Let's go, boys. Okay, let's go. But we got, there's lots of stuff to talk about, okay? 
It might be our first fight with me and the producer. <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, we got to get your cool bet picks, fellas. Okay, and you need to be better. You need to be better. Stick around. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Uh, I just got yelled at by the producer. He's like, come on, Joe, come on. I, I said, I have stuff to say, Kevin. I got stuff to do. Uh, it's time to get your picks. We do it each and every daily draw show for the Olympics. Uh, and Warren, we're going to let, we're going to let you go first because you were terrible your last draw. Okay. So what, what are you picking coming up today? Women's draw number 10, Canada, USA. Jennifer Jones has to win that game. I know Tabitha Peterson's been playing quite well, but I'm going to pick Canada. Switzerland, Korea. I think Switzerland, uh, Terrazzoni, and that bunch are going to put it together. China, Great Britain. Again, Eve Muirhead, I think, will win it for Great Britain. Men's draw number 11, Switzerland, China. Switzerland, no question. Great Britain, ROC, Great Britain. Italy, Denmark, I think Italy will come through that one. Women's draw number 11, Korea, Denmark. Oh, I have to say Korea, I think, will uh, we'll go with that one. USA, Japan. USA has to win it. They'll be out strong on that one. ROC Sweden. Hasselberg will certainly come through in the ROC, on the ROC game. And Canada has to defeat China, and they will. There we go. All right, Kev, what do you got? All right, Canada, USA. Whew, what a game. I'm going to go against Warren here. I'm going to go USA. Switzerland, Korea. I got to go Switzerland. China, Great Britain. Great Britain. China, Switzerland. And the men, Switzerland, Bruce Mowat versus ROC. I'll go with Bruce Mowat. Italy, Denmark, I'll go with Italy. And then the women, we've got Korea beating Denmark, USA beating Japan, Sweden beating ROC, Canada, China, Canada. Ha-ha. Now, hopefully that's more than six or half, 50%. Well, you guys only, uh, uh, you should be. Yeah, You only have one game different, so you're on the same page here. Um Anyway, watch for that. More curling to come. Very, it's all jammed up. So uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. You can join in. Uh, get the show drops around 1 o'clock. And again, check out our weekly show. Uh, EJ Harndon was on, had lots to say, uh, amongst many things, about maybe keeping the briar the same. Interesting stuff. Uh, and they're on their way to the briar. His 13th, by the way. Cool Bet is a proud sponsor of curling and, frankly, all things ice-related. The logo is a polar bear, after all. If you love sports, make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life inside the Cool Bet community. So whip over to the Cool Bet website and uh, lay down some shekels. Reminder again, send us an email, insidecurling at gmail.com. Check out the Facebook group. Thanks a lot to Rod Paulson for looking after all of that. And thank you to our two World Curling Hall of Famers, Warren Hansen and Kevin Martin. Fellas. Back to bed. Okay, we want your bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, as my mother used to say. I, I never knew what that meant. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. <laughs> enjoy, the, enjoy the rest of the games, folks, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. See you, Kev. See you, Warren. Thanks, Jimmy. Yep.